This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast, Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael. Listeners, we are tackling questions for the next few podcasts on hurt within the church. So we understand that that is real, and we are going to try to do our best to be sensitive in our answers and do the best we can to answer your questions. So here's our question for today. How do I forgive a church leader who hurt me? We've been on the receiving end, even as pastors, of being hurt by other leaders. And sadly, you know, I'm going to confess that as a church leader, sometimes I've been on the giving end of hurt. Oh, yeah. We're I'm not human. affirming that just in you. I'm affirming that in me, <laughs> myself, too. <laughs> yeah, been, you, you have. Yeah, 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 you Tim, have, you hurt surely. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's true as well. But here's the reality. We are all fallen people. Pastors, church leaders, ministry directors, we're all human. We make mistakes. And even on our best days, we are still fallen. Mm. But there is a reality that we sometimes need to figure out how do we forgive a church leader who's hurt us. Yep. Whether that was intentional or unintentional. Yeah. We got to go through that forgiveness process. Absolutely. So there are, we say a village, there's three kinds of wounds. Um, the deepest wounds. Dad mm. wounds, number one. Sex wounds, number two. Church wounds, number three. number three. People often say, they're like, interesting, you know, I'm not sure about that church wound thing. If you've been in church any length of time, you know how painful that is. So culture tries to erase these categories as if they're not true or real because they're inconvenient. But um, one of these categories that the culture doesn't take really seriously is the reality of spiritual leadership. Yes. We are made to need and to thrive with really healthy spiritual leadership in our lives. Agreed. That's not a convenient to the, to the secular worldview, so they don't really take that seriously. But it's interesting what really, really angers non-Christians, mm-hmm. when spiritual leaders abuse their spiritual authority. Yeah. It's almost like there's something innate inside of us that reacts uniquely strongly, <laughs> reacts strongly in a unique way yeah, there you go. to the abuse of spiritual authority. I would actually take this to a, a larger level and say, um, generally speaking, authority, we have innate good expectations of authority, but there are some levels of authority that wound us more deeply. And that's where you mm-hmm. can say, uh, dad authority, when it is abused or neglected, yes. it just, it wrecks people in a way that mom authority doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Agreed. And then the other side of that is pastoral authority. Like they just create very deep, real wounds inside of people. Now here's here's the here's what I know. And maybe for the person who's asking this, which by the way, I want to say about their question, they're not asking uh, like, how do I leave because I, I because he's a jerk, you know? Yeah. Uh, they're really asking a question like, no, I'm here. These are my people. And I really want to forgive them. Totally. So how do I do that? Yeah. And I would say 99.8734% <laughs> of pastors have A, hurt people, but B, if you were to sit down with them before they entered the circumstance, whether it was an email, a text, a meeting, a conversation, sure. or a statement from the pulpit, whatever it is, and you were to say to them, hey, buddy, Here's going to be the fallout of what you're about to say. Mm -hmm. Think twice before you do it. The vast majority of them, um, I would say almost 100% of them, would do things differently. Right. So as not to cause Intentional hurt or pain. And that, I think, is a really significant thing. A lot of times, 
we, you and I, right, we'll do things out of insecurity or anger or overcompensation. You, you name the Or just drive. Weakness. Sometimes we're in task mode and we right. want to get the job done. Right. We're not being as sensitive as we should. Or Well, in those moments, sometimes we're not even aware no, of what's aware. driving us. And when somebody confronts you and says, that really hurt me, and you're like, oh, man, I was, you were a task before you were a person. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, I said that not because you have a problem, but because I'm insecure, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Or, you know what? I had a really bad week, and I punished you for frustrating circumstances I had in the rest of my, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah. And it doesn't make it okay. Uh, It means we got to get on our face and apologize and just say, will you forgive me? I am so sorry. I don't, I don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. That I find are the majority of circumstances when it comes to hurt. And what happens, and I would just give like a fair warning is that sometimes people are really afraid to tell their leaders that they've hurt them. Yes. And so they don't. And then that leader never knows that they offended or hurt that church member, that church attender. Right. But, Maybe, maybe they're afraid or they're hesitant or they don't tell because, you know what? They've seen other people confront us in the past and it didn't go well. It didn't go well for them. Maybe we have a spirit, an aura around us that is not safe. Yeah. Again, we don't know that until someone tells us. When I talk to most pastors, here's what I find. Most pastors don't have um, mechanisms that they inject into their life for really difficult feedback. Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, most people are not offering their pastors the difficult feedback. I've had to go out of my way in my life to sit down with people and say, you got to shoot me straight. Am I missing the boat here? Like, what is wrong with me? I'll give you kudos because you do a great job of asking for that, not only for me, but from other leaders. And I think that's not only a mark of maturity, but it's a mark of humility. And that's something that every church leader needs to be willing to say, where am I falling short? And you got to put someone... Mm or some ones in your life that you feel safe that can speak truth in love to the leader and Mm -hmm. truly care and say, look, you really need to do a better job in this area. I have been under the authority of enough um, leaders who are not self-aware that my motivation for that has been, I know that I'm capable of it and I'm capable of it because I'm a human just like them, but I also know I'm capable of it because a handful of people sat down with me and said, I think you have a blind spot and <laughs> yeah. here it is. And I'm like, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Might be yeah. actually right. But what's really hard about that is most pastors don't have that skill set or tool because pastoral ministry doesn't really train you for that. It does. It, it may sound like a really smart thing as we say it. And yeah. that might be a part of our pastoral culture at Villa mm-hmm. Church. And it doesn't mean we're even perfect at it because I know for a fact not because I have a person in mind, because this is just human nature. Yeah. You and I and we, others on our staff have hurt people. Hurt them. And we have no idea right. because they're afraid that we're not going to receive it well. And I would love to say they're wrong, <laughs> but I haven't been in the circumstance, <laughs> right, you know? Yeah. And so I think there is, understandably, though, there's a lot of fear that pastors won't receive it well. And there is this kind of unwritten expectation that as a church leader, you're beyond that. We yeah, know I'd love it's to not say true, that was true that's, that's not, know true. It's not true. Yeah, I know, yeah. And Your pastor this, is a person too. Yeah, and many <laughs> church members and church attenders, they put their pastor and church leaders on such a high pedestal that either they feel that they can't confront them when they fall or they are shattered when they do. Yep. There are legitimate church cultures in America where the pastor is never 
to be confronted. Oh, yes. Ever yes. at yeah. all. Like he is sacred. Yeah, I think you and I have worked for some yeah, of those. We've, we've been a part of them. We've counseled people through that. Yeah. And it's interesting because different, uh, we'll just say subcultures, denominational cultures in America have different views of like church leadership. And even generationally, there are different views of church leadership. Mm-hmm. So by and large, like this is a fair statement. Um, the older you are in pastoral ministry, the more likely it is that you were trained to be the Bible answer man, That's the guy right. who has it all together. Yep. And I'm, I'm and the leader. No faults. Right. And the younger you are, um, the more likely you're trained to say, no, I'm a sinner. No, mm-hmm. you know, like yes. I'm not saying one is better or worse because sometimes with the younger people, they need to own their authority. They yes. need to own the fact that you are responsible for spiritual and authority. There is an and this expectation is, and yeah, a responsibility with that it. comes into that leadership role. Totally. That that tension, every generation has a weakness, you know? Mm-hmm. And that tension is really, really hard for you and I and every other pastor I know to hold. But what we need are people who will tell us the truth even if we're dumb in our response. Yes. Even as I say that, though, let's just flip it on the other side, okay? There are some people who are hurt enough that in their mind, and this is true, Mm -hmm. their heart may not have it in them to get another bad response. Yeah, because they've been wounded so many other times. Totally. And that's where, like, this is one of the things I would just love to invite people to do. If I or you um, or any of our staff have put you in a position where you are not comfortable telling us the truth of what you've experienced— I want to invite you to bring another person into it. You can call any of our other staff. I've I've told you guys this. Mm -hmm. If you have an issue with me, you go around me, you talk to the elders, and you bring them in. And if you don't feel safe enough with me, that is my fault for creating that kind of culture around myself, you know? You'll never get in trouble for for going around me in those moments. I'd prefer if you came and told me. Well, yeah, it's always best. But if it's that bad that you need to bring in other people, then do it. And so if you're maybe in a place where you're just like, you know what, I'm just not comfortable— Bring in somebody else and just have them advocate and mediate. Now, here's the reality. Let's just talk really candidly about resolving conflict with church leaders. There is, and this is, I would say, one of the most hurtful, frustrating, annoying, irritating things for me, Michael Fueling, about ministry. (laughs) Okay. And here it is. There is this idea that I am my position before I'm a person. Yeah. Yeah. And that. People want the freedom to yell at me, mm. call me names, cut me down. Yeah. And the moment I am hurt or angry or frustrated or have an emotion or an opinion, or if they say, you did this, and I'm like, I, I actually don't remember that. The moment right. my story is in agreement with them, but you're a pastor. <laughs> I'm like, look, 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 yeah, look, 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 look. There might be first. higher expectations in terms of my office, okay? But you don't have lower expectations in terms of holiness and mm-hmm. the way you speak to me. Yeah. If somebody comes in yelling, conversation over. Yeah, well, yeah. Period. Because I might be your pastor, but I'm not subject to your abuse. Mm-hmm. And also one of the things that I want to do is help you not sin. So like I'll find a way to say, look, we're gonna let's bring in another person. Yes. Let's talk about this. But like I, I tell people, and I've had many conversations, uh, many maybe seven or eight, if I over the last like decade, where someone's had to sit down with me and say, "Hey, man, you really hurt me, or this really concerns me." Mm-hmm. And I always have to frame it like this: Do you want to reconcile with me as your pastor or your brother in Christ? Yeah. Because if you want to reconcile with me as your pastor, then the only thing that I can say to you is, "I'm sorry." Yeah. But if you want to reconcile with me as your brother in Christ, Mm -hmm. I have hurt here too. Yes. Real reconciliation is not just about the wounded saying to the wounder, 
you did this to me, own it, and let's walk away. Yeah. Because sometimes the person wounds because of their own issues, but sometimes this is actually like a dynamic relationship sure. where things are going back and forth. Mm -hmm. I tell people, I would much prefer to reconcile with you as your brother in Christ, and I want to do that in a way that's becoming of a pastor, sure. but I want to do it yeah. as your brother I want you first. to share with our listeners what you say often um, to remind our congregation about who you are. Oh, you, yeah. you tell them, I am your brother before first. I'm your pastor. Yes. That statement is so foreign to many pastors and so many yep. congregations that I'm thinking of the commercials where the head just explodes because <laughs> we just blown some people's brains yeah. up because yep. what? My pastor is my brother? Right. Here's what happens. And every generation, again, every generation has a different view of the pastoral authority and position, right? And some people, they take the pastor and they put them on this pedestal and, you know, and they just, oh, he's so awesome. She's so awesome. He's so awesome. Blah, blah, blah. You know, if I am your pastor before I'm your brother, the moment I don't perform for you as a pastor, you're done with me. Yeah, that's right. But if I'm your brother yes. and I'm not, loving you well as a pastor, because we're family first, yes. I'm not just a commodity for your spiritual growth, mm -hmm. but I'm your brother in Christ. You deal with family differently than you deal with commodities and businesses. Yes. So my wife owns a flower shop and people are more than happy to call up and say, your flowers died within five <laughs> weeks. I'm whatever, you know, scream and they yell, uh, yes. right? Church family, we don't scream and yell at each other. No. It's not what we do. And you treat family differently. And you know what? Even if you have like a really difficult situation with family, you work through it because that's what family does. But if the pastor is a commodity to you, if the pastor is only a position to mm -hmm. you, if the pastor is primarily that, when he doesn't perform for you, you're done. Yes. Listen, I want to rise to the highest standard in the way that I resolve sure. conflict and the way that I receive confrontation. But here's the deal. I don't just want to be your pastor because there will be a day where I'm not your pastor. I may not be your pastor. That's Everyone right. is an interim pastor. Yeah, Every pastor is exactly temporary. Right. And so when that day comes, we have to have something that binds us together that is deeper than the fact that I'm a commodity to yes. you. Uh, I want to be a brother in Christ. I want to own my position and my responsibility. I want you to own your position and responsibility in the church. I want to collaborate in humility uh, and selflessness with one another. But man... Imagine if you really believed that your pastor was your brother. brother now, first. I've got three older yeah. brothers, and they could be big, fat jerks, okay? <laughs> but I'm committed to them as family, family. Yes. so we work through it. Let's get back to the question, because we're going yeah. all over. Yes. How do I really forgive a church leader who hurt me? The first step is to understand that your pastor is your brother yep. first. Yep. And then there's got to be an intentionality of, I am going to share with my brother, who is my pastor yep. or my church leader, hey, this is where we're at. And I was hurt. And I want to talk one-to-one, -one, mm -hmm. brother-to-brother mm -hmm. or sister-to-brother with you. I want to go to the scripture that most often is pointed at as church discipline. And yet it's really not about that. It is really about reconciling conflict. It's Matthew 18, 15 where it says, if your brother, and I think the words here are so significant, mm -hmm. sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Mm -hmm. So there has to be this desire to reconcile with your brother, and it has to be a intentional, I'm going to go and we're mm -hmm. going to talk this thing out. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen— take one or two others along with you 
that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And then, verse 17, if he refuses to listen to him, tell it to the church, and that's where it escalates to church discipline. There is a very clear directive, one-to-one, try to work this out between Mm -hmm. the two of you. Yep. I think what's really important about the pastor before your brother thing in this text is that if you don't think this applies to your pastor and that he somehow there's your brothers and then there's your pastor, that this somehow doesn't apply here, then you won't obey that. But here's the deal. Your pastor, this applies to him too. Yes. So once you realize, like here, like I want to just take what you're saying here and just kind of build a framework for myself at least, and hopefully this helps for <laughs> listeners. It starts with, okay, I recognize I've been wounded. And then I, I look at this person, not as like that jerk who let me down, but I'm like, you know what? I have an unreconciled relationship with a brother. Mm-hmm. Christ loves unity. I'm going to take this upon myself to deal with it. There's two ways to deal with it. One is to go talk to the person. Yes. Well, here's the other, which is a biblical example. First Peter 4, 8 says this, above all, love each other deeply because love covers, covers a multitude of sins. This week I had a wound and you know what? I love the person mm. a lot. Okay. I know their heart. I know they're capable of doing dumb things. Fine. And I just let it go. I made yeah. a decision. I was, I was doing dishes two nights ago or something like that. I was just thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, it's just something that can be let go. Yeah. I, I don't think it's not going to change anything. My trust for them isn't gone down. Mm-hmm. Man, Christ has put up with so much stuff in me. You know, I think I think I have what it takes right now to just say that's not a big deal. Yeah. I made that decision and the Lord just freed me from it. I'm done. I actually think if I would have talked about it, it would have gone worse. Not for Ooh, okay. because the person would have responded badly, but because my heart would have harbored something that okay. I could have literally just let go and said, the Holy Spirit's in them. He's got them. Yeah. I, I'm covered. Mm-hmm. They're covered. Right. And if they knew, they would say, I'm sorry. Do I yeah, even right. need to go through it, you know? And that's not a path of, that's not a laziness path. It's just more of a, yeah, scriptures give you this permission that sometimes, sometimes the cross is just enough. Yeah, and it And you be. know their heart. Yeah. And um, you know how they would respond. Yeah. And it's cool. All of this assumes that you have a pastor who wants you to talk to them. And Matthew 18 draws in a process for what happens when the pastor is kind of belligerent. And, and that's a sacred process. And when any brother is not responsive to that, but... Lest this podcast go on for eternity, let's talk about the converse issues. Tomorrow, we'll come back, and here's the question we're going to answer. What do I do if I talk to my pastor, or I've had like conversations with them in the past, and they don't listen? Um, what do I do then? Do I just let it go? Do I leave the church? Um, what level of accountability do we have there? What's my responsibility in that place? So I'm just really grateful that we got to talk about this, and I want to invite you all back the next time we record, which is in two days. Thank you, and we'll see you then. Let's get back to the question because we're going yeah. all over. Yeah. Your flowers died within five <laughs> weeks, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs>